0: Hey, are you here? Great. We want to warmly welcome you to the Paul Leslie Hour. It's a show that helps people tell their stories and seeks the truth. Now in our 19th year. On this episode today, your host, Paul Edward Leslie, will speak with Miriam Grossman, M.D. Miriam is a child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Dr. Grossman is a renowned public speaker and the author of Lost in Transnation, a child psychiatrist's guide out of madness from Skyhorse Publishing. Nationally syndicated radio talk show host and best-selling author Dennis Prager said this about Grossman's book, Lost in Transnation. Quote, Quote, we may finally have the book that begins our exit from a madness in which America finds itself. That madness is the belief that men can become women and women can become men. Dennis Prager, end quote. So before we bring out Miriam Grossman, M.D., author, speaker, please help keep the Paul Leslie Hour proudly independent and operating, please just visit thepaullesley.com slash support and we thank you in advance for contributing, but especially for tuning in and turning on. And now it is time. Dr. Miriam Grossman, MD. Let's listen together.
1: Hello, Dr. Grossman.
2: Hello, are you Paul?
1: I am indeed Paul. Hello. What a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Well, how are you doing? You're up in uh, the Northeast, right?
2: Oh, I try not to say where I am.
1: (laughs) I understand completely. I try to do a bit of the same myself. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's such a pleasure to welcome our special guest, Dr. Miriam Grossman, MD. I have been wanting to talk to her for a long time, Uh, ever since I I saw her on a a documentary. A lot of you all probably saw, What is a Woman? And then I had the great pleasure of reading a book. And I want to recommend this book very much. I think it's very much a book for our times. And it answered a lot of questions that I had about what's going on. The book Lost in Transnation: A Child Psychiatrist's Guide Out of the Madness. And madness seems like a very accurate term. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me on, Paul. I, I really do appreciate it.
1: It's, it's an honor to have you. Uh, you know, it, this is something that affects everybody. Today, I I don't think you can turn the channel on the television. Uh, It's on the radio. It it just seems like it's the biggest topic. No exaggeration. What got the spark that got this book going for you?
2: Well, what happened is that, uh, I don't know if you mentioned, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist. So I'm a medical doctor. And uh, I began seeing kids who have distress about being boys or girls a number of years ago, along with their parents. And to be honest, Paul, I heard so much and I saw so much that um, I really I had to write this book. The book is a guide. A practical guide it's not for professionals you don't need a phd to read this book it's a practical guide for parents uh on how to protect their families against the contagion of transgenderism that is we are currently in the midst of it's a social contagion and that's why the numbers are skyrocketing um the numbers of kids in the past uh, five to 10 years has gone up about 5,000%. Wow. So that is why in the past we didn't really hear about this so much. We may have heard occasionally about, you know, a middle-aged man, a crossdresser, who after having their families decide to live the rest of their lives Um, presenting as a woman. We may have heard of those rare individuals, but this is now no longer the case. This is a whole different ballgame. And what I've learned from seeing these families and talking to hundreds of parents is that no family is immune. It doesn't matter where you live. You can live in the Bay Area. You can live in Salt Lake City. Uh, It doesn't matter. No one is immune because it's something that is being, like you said, not only talked about so much, but the kids are being indoctrinated to believe that there's such a thing as being born in the wrong body. There is no such thing. There, there is no medical or scientific basis for that whatsoever. They're being told that it's possible. They're being told that sometimes the adults make a mistake when they quote unquote assign somebody to be male or female. Again, that's a manipulation of language. There's no assignment going on. We are mammals. Mammals are either males or females. It's all really just basic biology. But kids are being led into this world of despair and confusion where they don't know who they are on the most basic core level of their humanity they don't if you can imagine not knowing if you are male female both neither or any one of endless possibilities so we have a very dire situation but i'm telling parents that there's a lot a lot that they can do about it to protect their families, to inoculate their children. And since school is starting now, um, I'm very focused on advising parents what they can do regarding their schools. And the number one thing I say is that unfortunately, you cannot automatically trust your school. It makes me sad to say this, but we have to live in reality. And the reality is that there are activists in our schools, and they are aggressively pushing this uh, belief system. I call it a belief system, transgenderism, again, because it's it's more like a religion than anything else. It has irrational beliefs, and it is being foisted on young kids who don't know any any better, and they're under a lot of social pressure to go along with it so what i'm telling parents is this number one before school starts or maybe school has started already it doesn't matter i want you to read the chapter in my book that is specifically about schools so that you won't be caught blindsided like so many parents have told me that they were just blindsided by all of this when their kid comes home one day and announces, "Mom, Dad, I'm not your son. I'm your daughter." Um, so they need to read that chapter. I know everyone's really busy, uh, Paul, but you have to save your family from this catastrophe. You can go on to Amazon and get uh, either for free. Some people will get it for free, or I don't know, fifteen dollars maybe. And you can download an audio. Uh, version of my book that I narrated myself. And you can go straight to that chapter on schools. There's also an appendix written by attorneys that will explain your rights. Parents have constitutional rights to direct the education of their children. And I want parents to download a form that also written by attorneys, you can download it on my website, MiriamGrossmanMD.com. You download that form. That is a form that puts your school on notice. Hmm. You are telling the school that you do not want your child exposed to gender ideology in the classroom, in any kind of assembly or video or club that, that your child may want to join. You do not give your permission for any of that. You do not give your permission for a different name or pronouns to be used at school for your child if they ask. And you certainly don't give your permission for your child to use the opposite sex bathroom. I want parents to understand that the schools are doing this behind the parents' backs. They are doing what's called a social transition of the child. If the child asks for your, for the parents not to be informed, they will not tell you.
1: Hmm.
2: Now, you do not want this to happen to your family. You do not want to discover that your teenage daughter is changing her clothes in the boys' locker room. I'm sorry to even have to be saying this to people, but this is the world we live in. So two things. Read that chapter and when you go to Amazon, by the way, there are a lot of bogus books up there that are that are that are um, you know, pretending to me to be my book and to trick you into buying it. And when it's delivered, you'll see that it has blank pages or it has mm. it's it's bogus. So please be careful. Buy the right book. You can reach the correct book by going again to my website, MiriamGrossmanMD.com. The link is right there. You can get the audio version. It'll take in 45 minutes, and you will be so much better informed about this issue before sending your kid to school. Um, and then the other thing is to download that form. Now, of course. The entire book is mandatory reading because you need to know a lot more than just the schools. You need to know where all these ideas come from, the idea of being born in the wrong body, the idea that we should be listening to kids and put, putting, putting them into the driver's seat, which is what your pediatrician is probably going to do. It's what your psychotherapist is probably going to do if she or he is a gender-affirming therapist. So parents really need to get educated. And the best thing is that you can inoculate your family, I believe, against this. From an early age, you start to present the biological truths that the book will tell you about being male or female, only two choices. We are mammals. Mammals are sexually dimorphic, male or female, not from birth. From the moment of conception, Hmm. the egg and the sperm unite. We've got either a girl or a boy, and that's a permanent situation and that cannot be changed. You can try and change it with medications that you take your whole life, with operations that are disfiguring and painful and may cause you to be. sterile for your whole life and you may even succeed at looking like a genuine woman or man but this is a synthetic persona right and when you deny biology you pay a price
1: I want to encourage everybody out there to get the book. And as you said, it's available in a few formats, but you want to be sure and make sure it's the actual book. You can get a paper uh, copy. I have a Kindle version. Uh, My wife and I, although we don't have children, my wife said, I believe so strongly in this, even though you got a review copy, I want to get a copy for the house because – It's something that even if you don't have children, this is affecting our whole society. I I just want to drive that point home. At what point did you realize that this gender identity movement or madness, whatever you want to call it, had just exploded?
2: Well, you see, I discovered this actually 15 years ago when I was studying sex education, which is before it was on most people's radar. But, uh, you know, we became aware of this explosion of cases, I would say, five to eight years ago. Um, Gender dysphoria, which is an intense discomfort with your sex body, used to be an extremely rare, extremely rare psychiatric disorder. So something definitely changed. And what changed is the culture and what changed is uh, the emphasis that a lot of LGBT organizations began to place on transgenderism after uh, 2015, when the definition of marriage was changed. So at that time, there was a new focus on this new population. And what we know is that the kids that are currently making up this this tsunami of of cases of gender dysphoria are not like the previous population that we knew about. We always knew about young boys who were um, young, like before puberty, they might have been three or four, and they were insisting that they're girls. And we also knew about a Rare cases of middle aged men who were heterosexual but enjoyed cross dressing. And at some point in middle age, after they had families, typically they would decide they would like to spend the rest of their lives living as women. Those were essentially the two populations that we knew about in psychiatry. Now, what we have right now going on, Paul, is a completely different demographic. And that is teenagers who are mostly girls and Mm. they are there's still a lot of boys but they are a majority are girls and they are girls who never before expressed any issue with being girls so it it's something that happens rapidly and these girls most of them have a lot of comorbid psychiatric disorders. They might be on the autism spectrum. They have anxiety, depression, self-harming behaviors. They may have a history of trauma, of being sexually assaulted. So it's a completely new population. Now, the big problem is that instead of giving these kids the psychotherapy that they need, because our institutions, medical, legal, government, educational, have been hijacked by this agenda, we are now um, telling these kids and their parents that there's only one solution, there's only one path, and that is to medicalize the child from an early age and prevent their normal puberties and uh, give them experimental Medical and surgical interventions that will have lifelong consequences. And that's where we're at now in this country and in Canada. In other countries, it's not being done this way. Sweden, Norway, Finland, Denmark, and England are all treating these kids with psychotherapy. And the medical interventions and surgical interventions in minors have essentially been banned. Hmm. So in my book, I'm explaining what parents are not going to hear from their pediatrician and not going to hear at school or online or on CNN or from Admiral Dr. Rachel Levine, you see. Right. Because all of those sources will not give uh, uh, parents the accurate up-to-date reality which is that this is a huge international debate how to help these kids and that the U.S. and Canada are outliers at this time they are outliers and the other countries are looking at us and saying what are you doing what are you doing to your children Mm. why are you doing this we have insufficient evidence that this is going to help your kids they need psychotherapy they don't need their puberty blocked the boys do not need to grow breasts the boy the girls do not need to have their voices lowered and and grow a beard isn't it just astonishing that we even have to have this conversation
1: it's very astonishing and one of the things in the book that i thought was was so interesting is sometimes when you go to the root of something and you see that the root is so weak or from a place that you can't trust, you know, we meet this person in history, John Money, and I encourage everybody to get the book and find out about him. and also Kinsey. And here are two people, and you can't help but wonder why does the world, especially the academic world, honor them? They prop them up. Do you have any guess as to why these people who a lot of what they, uh, you know, first of all, the things they were involved with were so bad? But also, their theories didn't pan out. Why do they still continue to be respected?
2: Paul, that question has been plaguing me for 15 years. Uh, you know, I can only look at it at, in spiritual terms. That sometimes we live through periods of darkness, and this is one of those times. And these ideas that have been brought to us by individuals such as Alfred Kinsey and John Money, who were degenerate, immoral men who wanted first and foremost to rid society of any sort of Judeo-Christian values. And they have largely succeeded. Um, that's the only way that I can make sense of it because otherwise it really doesn't make much sense. But Paul. Lost in transnation, a child psychiatrist guide out of the madness. And I'm very, very pleased to also say that the foreword was written by Dr. Jordan Peterson. I'm so grateful to Dr. Peterson. We also did a few months ago, a wonderful podcast in which I focused on the devastation of the parents of these kids who get wrapped up in this cult-like, you know, gender world and how it destroys parents and families.
1: Uh, There's something I wanted to, I, I thought this would be a good closing question. Something that struck me very early on in the book, and you said, calling yourself a woman when you're a man at the most basic level is a lie, damaging to the soul. And I've thought about this a lot because there have been times, like, for example, I interviewed an artist who said, I want you to refer to me as this, something I knew not to be true. But I thought really early on in the book, you're getting at something that is so critical. It's, it's you know, getting to the truth of a matter. So I'm hoping you can just in closing here, tell us what damaging effect does it have on someone to continue to tell themselves a lie and ask others to perpetuate a lie?
2: Wow. What you're referring to is my decision that I write about early in the book to not use the pronouns for transgender-identified individuals, and the decision that I made, which which was not an easy decision, um, to to just not use the pronouns. And I said that lying to oneself is bad for the soul. Well you know we're getting outside of my psychiatric (laughs) (laughs) um you know my training here but i i would say to people that all of us have a soul and that soul is it comes from god god is ultimate truth and so since our soul comes from God, when we, when, when we deny that, that is destructive to the most inner part of us. And, you know, when we think about, for example, the Soviet Union and life under communism, and sometimes, you know, you could see photographs or videos of the people that were living there and they were forced to live a lie day in and day out, year in and year out. And there was a kind of emptiness in their eyes, you know? Just kind of an emptiness, like as if their soul had been extinguished. And again, you know, I'm not speaking as a psychiatrist here. This is me just speaking as me. I think that that's what it does to us. It's very, very dangerous, especially to children to, for them to be, you know, in schools where one of their friends may come back from summer vacation and, and be presenting as the opposite sex. And, you know, your child has known this, this other child for years as a boy. And now all of a sudden from one day to the next, they have to call this child by a girl's name, girl's pronouns and And think of this person as a child. And this is coming from the school, the authorities in the school. These are the authorities telling the child that they must do this because this is what respect is and this is what inclusion is. And you can't help but think, you know, what happens to a child when they're forced to do that, when they're forced to deny what their eyes tell them? What else are they going to deny in terms of the reality of their lives? You're, you're basically telling the child to not live in reality that, that, that their reality is false and that somebody else can impose a different reality on them. This is just all really scary, like matrix kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, Dr. Grossman, my admiration and appreciation for this book, and again, I want to encourage everybody out there, please pick it up, not only because it informs, but there were many times I found myself unexpectedly touched by it. Thank you so much for sharing, and thank you for writing such an important book uh, that, for our times, is just so, so crucial.
2: It's thank about you. protecting families, protecting children and families. Thank you so much, Paul.
1: Thank you, Dr. Grossman. MiriamGrossmanMD.com. Miriam yes. All right. Until next time, God bless.
2: Thank you.
0: We thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today. You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of The Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song courtesy of John Premorano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good.